everyone. Welcome to this special episode of Kickback with Natum. What makes it so special, you ask? Well, obviously, having a different voice at the helm should give it all away. I'm Skylar, and I'm back to catch up with your favorite podcast host, Natum, the hardest working man in football at the moment. <laughs> if you don't wouldn't believe, go that far. <laughs> if you don't believe that statement, go follow at kickback underscore Natum on Instagram and Twitter. I feel like that says it all. Also, make sure you're subscribing to Kickback with Natum everywhere podcasts are found. Natum. What's up, Sky? Welcome that to was, your that own was, that was, show. Yeah, this is this is kind of nuts. Yeah, thanks, thanks for doing that intro. I, of all the things which I do for the show, the intro is the one I enjoy the least. Well, the official bit of it anyway, like saying, you know, go to here, go to there, subscribe, follow. I'm not really into that. But yeah, thank, thanks for that. You're welcome. It. You're welcome. I mean, we're going to plug yeah, constantly. Of course, of course. You have to. I know we're like... 80 episodes in but yeah you've got to keep reminding people I guess I mean how would you how would you judge that intro compared to my last episode which was like episode 54 um now we're on the, episode 86 yeah the so the first one you did was more improv whereas yeah. this one was more sort of like a presidential speech yeah so it's definitely an improvement and you're going in the right direction and I like that a lot hey any growth is good yes in this life yes. that's what I've heard <laughs> That's what I've heard. I mean, okay. So you've been all over the place from what mm -hmm. I can tell mm -hmm. and from speaking with you. Mm -hmm. How did you manage in this wacky world that was 2020, the beginning of 2021? I know the UK was in lockdown. How yes. did you how did you survive the lockdowns because it did seem to be more extensive over there than here in the US? Yeah, that's right. It, and it and it was um I think the makeup of the UK is a bit different, or sp specifically England, is a bit different to say where we were in Utah, where it's, you know, it's a big old state and the population overall is more spread out. You know, whereas in Manchester, the population is maybe a couple of million, but the size of it is like infinitely smaller. So it was, um, it, it was different. But the good thing about it was, well, was I went back with my wife, Lucy, and my three kids, and we saw our families for the first time in a year, basically. And that feeling there far outweighed any sort of thoughts about lockdowns and so on because ultimately you know you can't control those but to be able to see them again it was incredible because you know that for myself and for Lucy like they're a big part of our lives so it was uh it was special and we got to see some of our friends as well I think two of my sisters moved in with me as we moved in with those as well to help with the kids for a while so it was um it was obviously a tough time as as is the case with every lockdown that people have been through over the last 18 months but for us it just felt that little bit better because we were seeing faces which we hadn't seen for a long time but people who we do love so it was kind of easy to get through if you know what I mean what was your top like lockdown activity that you did to just like find some um, solace man well the, the lockdown in England was like it was stern like there was no there's no this the golf for example wasn't open or the hobbies weren't open so a lot of the physical sort of exercise type things you couldn't do yeah. So I, I found myself, as was the case with lots of other people, you ended up doing things like going for walks and all that stuff. And it sounds boring, but it sort of passes time and stuff. But you end up going for a lot of walks and all that jazz. And it feels like it's good. But at the time, I finally realized the stuff which you did then, you did it and you, you thought you enjoyed it, but you were doing it because that's all you could do. And then lo and behold, as everything opens up now, you're doing it a lot less because you didn't actually like it that much. But in that moment, it's the best thing you could do. So yeah, um, we're doing doing lots of walking and stuff like that with um with lucy i was doing some stuff with uh, my youngest sister in the house 
just trying to keep busy and stuff like that. But, you know, when things are limited, they're limited. But thankfully, things did get better. And they're still technically kind of getting better now. So it's uh, things are looking up and people are actually going back to their real hobbies instead of their, um, you know, I like to color. I like to color at nighttime and stuff like this. I like to draw pictures. You, you probably do. But if you don't have to, you probably won't. So, yeah, that's where I felt. So anyone who's like pitching a walk with you, it's like, hey, do you want to go on a walk? And you're like, is is London going back on lockdown? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If someone wants to, if someone wants to go, go for a walk with me of an evening, I'm literally thinking like, is there some sort of apocalypse <laughs> coming? Because we could also just drive there and just get there quicker and do whatever we need to do. But you know, walk, walks are cool. Walks are cool. But it's just the fact that you, people are doing it every single day, myself included. And it's more part of a routine. But like I say, if your routine can be getting in your car and going somewhere more fun, I think people would rather do that. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, yeah. your your routine has kind of shifted now. So since the last time we spoke on the podcast, you've since retired. Mm-hmm. You've began a new career. Well, kind of. A little bit. I mean, however you want to phrase it. But mm-hmm. you've had a little bit of a time to just being on the other side of things. You went from athlete to, I don't know, reporter, host? How, how would you describe <laughs> that role? Reporter, relax. Um, Nonsense. Definitely not a reporter. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, nah, this reporter's not right. So um, to jump in, the st- since I retired, I've been very fortunate because I've ended up working for ESPN, doing stuff for ESPN FC, which is like a terrific show in my opinion, because it's like football debate with people who aren't all desperate to, you know, have a life or death, life or death conversation about certain things that don't really matter. So it's a great place and great channel because I can come on with good people and just talk about what's happening in the Premier League, what's happening in Syria, what's happening in the Bundesliga, what's happening in MLS and stuff like that. And it's it's been fantastic. And I'm lucky as well because a ton of the people who work for the company with me, they listen to the podcast as well. So weekly we'll be having back and forth about stuff. And they're like trying to get me guests and saying, how about this guy? How about that guy? And that's really cool. So shout out to specifically Steve, Steve Polisi, who's the big boss that hired me. And there are a ton of others as well. I'm sorry if I, if I didn't mention you. So that's been really, really good. And that was consistent work. That was at least once a week um, since basically February time. But as well as that, I've been doing a lot of stuff for BBC Radio. uh, And I've got, with that, going into the next season, touch wood if it all remains the same, I've essentially, I'll be not co-host as such, but I'm on a show for at least 30 weeks next season, every Sunday with uh, Steve Crossman, who's the main host who's again is like a really top guy, really enjoy working with him. Like I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. So I'm doing the ESPN FC stuff, doing the five live stuff and also filling in for some notorious individuals within the media game, like Micah Richards for the BBC stuff. Cause he's got his own show on a Monday. So sometimes I might have to go and help with that. So that's a lot of fun. Um, I've done some bits for Sky. I got back into doing some stuff with Man City as well, which was incredible because I, uh, since I'd left, I'd not done anything with them and I left in 2012, but as a fan of the club to be able to go in and participate in stuff and essentially be paid to be who you are in that space. That was incredible. That led to me going to the Champions League final, going to a ton of games when people couldn't even go to games. So that was really good. And am I missing anything? Oh, and then in, just in the past few weeks, I've, I've become a contributor for The Athletic as well. So yeah, it's also oh, not contributor, consultant for The Athletic. Let me not mix up the two. So essentially, I'm not doing, I'm doing a lot of stuff, but it doesn't take too much time. But the stuff which I'm doing, I really enjoy because it's with good people and it's done in a way which I 
can sort of have an opinion, but be able to explain it in a platform instead of say like 10, five, 10 second takes every few days of just like nonsense because you got to say something if you know what I mean. I mean, all I'm thinking about as you list all that is like, first of all, humble brag. Look at all the successful things I'm doing. And then you're going to sit here and tell me I'm wrong when I say you're one of the busiest people in football. I'm not, I'm not that busy. I'm but a, but I feel like you're busy. everywhere. You just listed like nine Mm-mm. different jobs you're doing. No, 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 no. It's, it's the, it's the okay. thing about working in media in 2021 is that you could do a show for an hour and you might get clipped to death for a week. So you might see me in certain places and shows getting rerun and stuff, but I only did it for an hour and that was on Sunday, but you might see it all the way through to Wednesday. So it appears that I'm everywhere, but realistically I'm not. Like the only day I work guaranteed is Sunday. Yeah, is it, di- it. Is it different from what you expected? Because like you didn't come from like a TV. I mean, you had your no. podcast going in to all this, but you you weren't in that background. So was it what, is it what you were expecting? Is it better? Is it worse? Is it wild? What is um, like... It's, I think it's, it's interesting. I like to, anything that I do, I like to fully buy into and try and understand what's good, what's bad and see if you can get better, whether that's from a hobby to a professional, whatever. And I don't do a lot of the TV stuff that say other people do. Like Michael Richards is a good friend of mine. He does all TV. Like he's everywhere. He's on BBC, he's on Sky, he's on CBS in, in America doing Champions League. Like you see him everywhere. And the jobs that he does, well, most of those are visible ones where you have to look a certain way. You have to understand the way the show goes. The show's based around this, based around that, and so on and so forth. And I'm not really doing that. Like, at this moment in time, I'm over in Connecticut doing the um, the Euros for ESPN. But this is abnormal. This isn't my normal type of gig. So I'm learning about this. But it's not necessarily something which I will do going forward. So the stuff that I do is more conversational. So in terms of it being a surprise or whatever, it's not really because I'm just talking about football in the same way I would do in the past, except you need to learn how to maybe prepare for a show a bit more. But having done 80 something episodes of the podcast, like I've got an idea about preparing for a show, but it's just, it's not difficult to talk about something that you love and I love football. So if somebody says, what do you think about this? If I've got an idea, I'll tell you what I think about this. And I'll try and explain myself. And if somebody says something to counter that, then I'll probably say something to counter that. And we can have a talk about it, like in a non-emotional way. Like people know I'm a Man City fan. But for example, if City don't do well, I'll say they didn't do well. If they did well, I'll say they did do well. I'll be happy they did well. But I won't, you know, I'm not like projecting emotions onto any of my opinions. It is what it is. And I think that like, that's probably led to most of the people I work with thinking I'm all right. So long may that continue. And yeah, it's not really surprised me as such because I think the media, which I've, which I'm doing at the minute, I've chosen to do. So with that, like you can't really be surprised because you made the decision coming in that this is what you wanted to do as opposed to do the things which maybe you didn't. I mean, is this something that you like planned and prepared for when you were going into retirement of, or were these opportunities, things that just happened upon you and like are you finding joy in it because it is continuing Mm. your love of football um it's that's a good question it's a good multi-layered question that one so uh in terms of bbc five live um i think it's with garth brummeld he uh he's like one of the head people in terms of recruiting people to do work for radio and i'd been speaking to him for probably like two years basically oh no a year and a half before this point and I said, I'd like to try and continue to do the stuff with him even whilst I was in America. So I did manage to do that. So that was something which was 
potentially going to work out after I retired. And the plan was to retire December 2020, come back to the UK January and just crack on. So I didn't start fresh from then. I already had stuff which was built up. Um, and then the other stuff, it's, it, I don't know. I was doing the podcast for two. Oh, I, I'm still doing the podcast. Let that be very, very clear. I'm still doing the podcast alongside Episode 86, is, everybody. Yes, this is our podcast, Gains. myself and Ryan's. And that stuff there, it, I think it's helped me with all the media stuff I'm doing on this side because you're speaking to an audience, an audience that, you know, you don't necessarily know what they, what makes them happy all the time, but through sample size and stuff, you start to figure it out. You see when they listen in from, when they tune out from, which episodes get more than others, which talking points draw people in, which ones draw engagements and stuff like that. And so as a consequence to come to the other side, like it's, um, it's yeah, it's 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 enjoyable. It's enjoyable to see how things click and to figure out what is good radio and good TV and stuff. Because in the past, you you know, you had an idea yourself, but when you get in there, like when people talk about on being on radio, you, they give you training at the BBC and they say, you know, this is good, that's good. Listening back to yourself is like ah, it's a bit this, it's a bit that, and so on. And then the one thing which you tried to say to me was that when I speak, they say, you know keep saying to saying the stuff that you say but like say it as if you've just had two cups of coffee so it's just that little bit more energetic not hyper but just that little bit more energetic and you're too chill essentially yeah you're too, essentially, you're too I'll make laid a point back. like that but then all of a sudden I thought okay that clicks and then I looked at the hosts around me and the way that they speak on radio and on tv they don't speak like that off camera because like otherwise they'd be seen as psychos it's their broadcast voice huh Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the way that they deliver the news and today is the first, ju- like I'm thinking, all right, calm down, calm down. But that's, <laughs> you need to chill, take away the two cups of coffee. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that, but that's the way it is. That's the standard. That's the type of stuff which draws people in, in a subconscious manner and stuff like that. So I, I, you know, I've enjoyed learning about it. And as a consequence, like I'm lucky because all those, all those companies, which I mentioned from ESPN to Man City to the athletic to sky. And I feel like I'm forgetting something. Um, Possibly forget something. Sorry about that. But those setups within there, there are lots of good people in there. Yeah. So so I don't ever dread going to work or doing some work because I know I'm around people who like aren't just all after attention or after controversy. So I can be myself, which means I'm working the second dream job after football. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Not a lot of people can say that they have a dream job outside of their first dream job. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But don't get me wrong. Like, if I could just all of a sudden become like a professional golfer and be really good and travel the world or something, that would be great. But to be able to talk about football and be in the environments that I'm in, and like since I've retired, I've been to a League Cup final, FA Cup final, Champions League final. And now I'm in Connecticut covering the European Championships for ESPN. I'm doing segments where I say, now we're going to toss it to Sports Center and all that stuff. I'm like, where on God's earth am I? How did this happen? But it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. So, okay. You just mentioned all those, th- all those major tournaments that you've covered. Now, I saw on your Twitter where you got a hug from Casper Schmeichel. Yes. With Lester after he won the FA Cup. Yes. What's that like for you, like now being on the other side of it, but seeing all your friends from the sideline? And um, having those kinds of moments. It's, do you know, it's, it is a bit surreal because like I'm having to cover them. So immediately there's going to be a sense of bias that exists within me or me rooting for them. And I feel like on this side, you don't really want to be in a position where you are rooting for somebody or some particular thing. But 
Like I know Casper. Casper was in my youth team. Casper is exactly seven days older than me. Like I know that because we used to celebrate birthdays together back in the academy times. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to see how far his career has gone for somebody who didn't essentially make it at Man City like I did for the period that I was there to end up being a Premier League winner, like a national team hero, an FA Cup winner, all as an underdog. Like I get a sense of pride in seeing my friends be successful. You know, there's no jealousy, no whatever. Like it's, it's crazy. And the best thing about that day when I saw him was like, I spent 10 minutes trying to shout him to get his attention, but I was right <laughs> in front of all the Leicester supporters. So everybody was shouting, but like, ah, Kasper, Kasper, Kasper. But then you see in the video, he catches eyes with me, I catch eyes with him. And that's probably the happiest I'd been for at, at a stadium where I've not been playing for maybe my whole career. It was an incredible, like, it was an incredible feeling because I was so happy for him. And I think, um, as I say, the opportunity to, to be there came through ESPN because I wouldn't have been in the stands with tickets, but I was right there next to the field. And that there was like, it was incredible. Those moments, absolutely incredible. And uh, as a consequence, like, as I say, seeing my friends do well now is great. And it's in the same way, I'd probably say at this moment in time, I support England more so than I ever have done because now I'm seeing people like Jordan Henderson, who I'm close with and so on. And I understand what they're going through in terms of, say, press trying to bash them and this, that and the other. I'm like, come on, yeah, go on, do it. Shut them all up, shut them all up. And like, that's a, it's a nice feeling. And being on the ESPN stuff over here, like obviously I understand that I think it's 55% of our audience is based in the UK. So I've nev not even seen me one time on TV. But that other 30, 33% in the US who might have seen me, I always try and every time England win, and it's like a bit of a negative narrative. I try and shut it down straight away. I said, nope. It's like I'm a plant for the England national it's like team. Not the today, sofa. Yeah, not today, guys. Not today. You want to talk about performance? Let's talk about wins. Yeah, let's talk about wins. And some people hate it, but it's nice. I'm supporting my people. So I'm happy with that. Oh, well, I just, I want to know when oh. you have those moments on the sideline, uh -huh. are you plugging your pod? Are you like, Oh, this is an opportunity to invite somebody on. Are you like, hey, <laughs> you should you should come on my podcast? Um, Just in passing in the hallway, in the back hallways, like in back of house, you'd like pass them. It's like, hey, you should be on my pod. You know, Catch you later. What's, what's really interesting about that is I um, um, I'm sort of what Ryan doesn't want me to be. Like I uh, I am not shameless, so. I, Ryan so, wants yes. me to metaphorically thrust myself upon absolutely everybody at every possible moment to get everything done. Yeah. He wants me to do that. But, but the thing about these players, especially having worked with uh, Man City now and stuff like that, the request that they have or that comes through their media team is like endless and it's all the time. So sometimes I feel like I would love to be able to get the chance to speak with you, but there are channels like BBC, Sky, BT, ESPN, whoever, who have to go through the media team. And when those media team requests come out, they could be all those companies. And underneath it just says, and Nadam wants to see if you'll come on for his podcast. And it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't quite, um, I set, I get the feeling it doesn't go to the top of the priority list as such. What are you so, talking about? Um, this is kickback with NATO. It packs the biggest punch. Listen, what are you talking about? It should, it should speak for itself, but at the times, unfortunately, it doesn't. And then myself and Ryan as well, we're sort of trapped in this position where for legitimacy, you need, it's like in the podcast world or whatever, or media world, you need to be aligned with somebody. If you align yourself with the club, 
you'll be seen as big. If you align yourself with a company like ESPN, like when that request comes in, it's got more sort of like weight to it. Like for us, we don't even have a blue, we don't even have blue check marks on social media, even though it's like, it's like, is this me? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, what more do you want? Like, it's me. I'm Natum. On yeah, kickback exactly, with Natum, yeah. like I'm we sent, Natum. We sent, sent the request through. I could send a selfie, thumbs up, whatever, like whatever you need, but still we get rejected. So with that, like it's, once pe- if I get if I'm in if I get the chance to speak with people and talk about what it is and I can show the back catalogue of some of the guests which we've had, it's easier to get guests. But the initial issue is trying to get in front of people to ask them the question, because that is ultimately the hardest bit, because so many people request them all the time. So as I say, nobody puts us at the top of the priority list, and that's it's a shame. But I think at some point, at some point, I think we'll be better off. I think at some point we'll we'll figure it out, and hopefully we don't have to sell out to do that. Okay, well then let me present you with a challenge. Go on. And you're not allowed to say no, so it's like not really okay. that much of a challenge. But okay, I want to hear you sell your podcast to people. Like in your words, what's your sales pitch? Give me your synopsis, if you will. Like if you were to bump into somebody and you had to be like, hey, this is my podcast. This is what it's about. You should be on it. Like what is, what's that sound like? Um, okay. So to sell it to a potential guest, knowing the way knowing the way footballers think, they never really want to be the first to do something. Well, they're not. You've somebody, got eighty six episodes of podcasts. No, no, but that's what I mean. First, of say people that they know. So we have got a back catalog now, and every so often now we we'll use a name that's already been on there to justify them being on. Like the fact that we have a, which is the biggest episode, the episode of Vincent Company, that carries a lot of weight. When I say when I say ask someone, oh, would you want to do it? And I said, oh, tell me some more. And then I send them, oh, here's a link of one. And it's the Vincent Company one. It's like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. This is, this is, this is more serious now. Little did I know, like me, Vincent and I were just friends or whatever, for sure. <laughs> whatever. They, they missed that bit. No but, shame. No shame. Exactly. You're shameless. But the, sell, but the selling point, I think, um, which I think a lot of the listeners would get. And I think, you know, if, if I'm wrong, like maybe listeners or whatever, if you, if you, if you follow us on social media, like tweet me and tell me what the best thing about the show is, because for me, it offers the guests the chance to come on and tell their own story um, before, instead of other people continually telling it for you and you going around and being known as the person who is this or who is that, but you never said that yourself. So when people come onto the show, they end up being a lot more honest. They talk about things in a more honest manner. They talk about themselves and they sort of think about the decisions that have led to them being exactly exactly where they are now and who they are now. So I think you can gain a more intimate knowledge of the person because for me as a host, from when they're on there, I just want to know about them. I don't want them to say something which will get clicks. I just want to know about them. And as a consequence, they talk about themselves for maybe the first time in their careers in a manner like, well, you know, at the time I thought, I thought going to this club was going to be the right thing because, you know, with my family and this, it felt like it was the right decision and so on and so forth. But you don't really get those conversations overall because usually as a player, if you, if you're being interviewed by somebody, it's somebody who works for the press and it's somebody who hasn't really felt what you felt. And it's somebody who wants to just get a story out for their newspaper, for their uh, digital, whatever. And that's all fair enough. But at the end of the day, you know, within that story itself, it'll probably still be narrated by the company. But these stories on these shows, they're not narrated by me. They're narrated by the person. And I think that is the beauty of it because the less I say, the better the show is. 
And where else can you go to a place whereby the host or whatever just wants you to speak and all he does is just give you a little hint of direction every now and again. Do you think that in giving athletes a voice to show that they're human, do you feel like that's an opportunity for people to see you when you started this, an athlete as human as well? Um, I, th- I think so. to a certain extent. Yeah. Because I think this pedal pedestal situation, most players and celebrities don't put themselves there. Others put them there. Yeah. Like there are certain players, for example, and I've, I've put certain players there as well, like talking about David Silvers and so on and so forth. Like, I just want to treat him differently because I see him as being such an incredible footballer and such an incredible guy. But then he himself would always try and drag it down and say, no, I'm just a normal guy. You know, so as I say, I'm guilty of that. So I can't be too critical of it. But I think uh, in terms of the conversations and stuff, I think it's uh, probably two years ago when I was with the BBC, Garth it was, he was telling me one of the biggest USPs that you have as a player when you join the media is the fact that you've had a ton of experiences which 99% of the audience have never had before. So everything that you can speak about, you should maybe try and speak about it because it may be boring to you, but it may be incredibly interesting to somebody else. So when you have conversations as players about certain elements which maybe feel boring to you, it's really engaging for certain parts of the audience. So it brings us doesn't necessarily bring us down from a pedestal, but you get more info about what the life is actually like of somebody who's doing something which maybe you'd love to do, get love the chance to do yourself. Because more often than not, I think as a fan, myself included, you just see people playing games on Saturdays, but you don't know what they're like from Monday through Friday. But the Monday through Friday stuff is what makes somebody like really liked at a club or disliked at a club or you figure out what drives them, you know. Some people are really big on family. Some people are just obsessed with never leaving the training ground. We don't talk about that when, you know, when you play a game on a Saturday, you do an interview afterwards and you say, yeah, you know, I thought we played really well, kept the ball, moved the ball well in triangles, we had shots, made tackles, it's like, you know, it's that, it's that type of stuff. So when I think when I do speak to them, they talk because we've, chances are we've been through the same sorts of things. Yeah. So they talk about it in a different manner to the way they would do to a reporter who's probably never seen it before. And as a consequence, there's lots of stuff which you listen and you read between the lines that's really interesting. And as a consequence, it makes the life more normal, but it's, but it's a normal life which most people don't know about because it's never spoken about. And I think that's the beauty of it. I mean, you're 80, this is the 86th episode, so you've dedicated a lot of time, a lot of energy because it's a lot of work off podcast too to yeah. prep these episodes, get them scheduled, all that stuff, like... What, like is why do you think it's so important for a podcast like this to exist for um, you because i mean yes yeah, it's for me personally for me personally like I, you know th- there are thousands hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there and i don't think this podcast is any more important than the next one but i do like what it is because we think we've got very we don't have a massive audience but we've got a very dedicated one there's a core group of people who will listen to a show one day it might be one day it might be ronaldo the next week it might be Ronald, who's playing for a team in the fourth division, they'll listen to both and they buy into the fact that stories are stories regardless of whoever is telling them essentially because they're just really interested in that football side of things. Um, so with that, like, this, is in, this thing is important to me because I know for the duration of my career, as I say, stories would always be told about you. People, like if we even see it ourselves. If you see a celebrity walking down the street, you think you know them based on what you've seen them like in films, but you've never met them. You don't know anything about them, 
but instantly they're like they're the type where you say oh there's um say that's like chris pratt you're like oh it's chris pratt and you say that to him and he's looking at you and what's he meant to say to you um just hi because he doesn't know you but you feel like you know him yeah so for this so for this particular podcast i think it gives you a chance to know people in a manner that's more than just like um just what you see on tv and like as i say the, the example i was just given then about chris pratt and so on it's not necessarily specific to this because for as a player you feel like you're only ever known for what you do on the field and for some of those guys like it makes people hate you you play for man city so everybody sports man united hates you but you've not done anything to deserve that other than play for a particular team and some of the people hate you because you did this and you did that, or you left this club and went to that club and so on and so forth. But you're far more than that. And it, I think this allows you the opportunity to be able to express exactly who you are. And I think it just turns to human nature. There's a huge sense of like closure, I believe, that you gain from being able to talk about things that you've been through in your life and do it to do it in a manner where like it's not hostile. Because as a player or somebody who would be speaking with media, you're always a little bit wary because you think if you say one thing wrong, everything will be a disaster. And the thing which you said wrong, it came because somebody set you up to catch you out. Like, why do you think you guys lost again? You know what I mean? It's a little wording again. Do you think, do you think the manager's using the right formations? You know, why, why is it, do you think that you're struggling so much this year? You know, stuff to catch you out. But people don't like to answer those questions because they get tight. And as a consequence, they give very, very generic answers. And the whole point of my show is to make sure that you don't get generic answers. You want honesty from the people. And with that, I think the audience benefits because you learn and you learn about what it's really like to be a professional. And I think the, um, the guest benefits as well, because for probably the first time in a long time, if not the only time they're actually able to talk about themselves and project something out there, which, um, is reality. Like I think Dedrick Bayata was a big example because he left Celtic under a bit of a cloud and he never spoke about it through respect for the situation and so on. But then he came on the show and told the full story. And there was a guy in particular who left us a voice note, which is available, by the way, through Anchor. Uh, listener left us a uh, voice note. <laughs> and he specifically, like he specifically said how he never really liked Dedrick based on what happened. But after listening to his side of the story, he said he'll always be welcome back for him at Celtic and that wow. moment there, it took Dedrick's, I think 30 years old now. And this probably happened three, four years ago. So that's how long he's had to wait to be able to speak his mind. But this was a place where he did that. And that felt, that's what I loved because then, as I say, some people, it doesn't mean people like you, but it gives people a chance to actually see the bigger picture. And this is definitely a bigger picture podcast. Well, do you think you've accomplished all of that? Like everything you set out, like is this podcast everything you wanted it to be when you first started or has it kind of taken on a life of its own? Listen, I, I didn't even want to start this. Ryan told me that, I should, he asked me, do you want to do this? So I was like, uh, I guess so. I guess we will do, yeah. And that was, by the way, I think it's a two year anniversary in the first week of August since we started. So um yeah, I didn't know what it was going to be. At the time, I was listening to podcasts, but like I said, I didn't know what it was going to be. And if you listen from back then, there's been a significant evolution from episode to episode, month to month and all that stuff. So I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was going to be. It was fun. It was different. It was, it was, um, it was a good lesson because Ryan's very, very good at it. 
So he's been directing me through certain things throughout the whole process. But the beauty for me is that I've always had full creative control because I've never asked a question that I haven't written down myself across 86 episodes, which is, you know, I'm very proud of that. But um, What a yeah, feat. You can write your own questions. I, I, no, I call Ryan's producer, <laughs> but he's more like advisor slash editor. So that's that's where uh, you know what I mean. Like, so you just write a hundred questions, and Ryan fiddles it down to the appropriate ones. No, the only the, to be fair, Ryan is the all powerful one because he does edit the audio. And at the end of the day, I could have a one hour podcast, and he could turn it down to a five minute one if he if he ever wanted to, but he doesn't, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, I don't, I didn't know what it was gonna be, but it's ended up being something which a lot of people really like, and I think there've been lots of players who've had who've really enjoyed doing it as well. For some, they've been like, this is their first time being on a podcast. This is the first time talking about themselves. And once they finish, they actually sit back and say, well, I really enjoyed that. Because one thing about players and just celebrities or whatever, the thought of, if, if they said to them, you've got an interview for an hour tomorrow, they'll be like, I I'll be looking at the clock. I don't want to do it, blah, blah, blah. But for lots of these guys, the time passes because they're having fun talking, debating and talking about themselves. And then when it's all said and done, they look at the clock and like, wow, I didn't know that I spoke for that long. <laughs> so that's like, that's, trust me when I say I'm very, very happy with that. And someone says, oh, how long is it going to be for? I'll be like, well, you know, it depends how good your answers are. And then before you know it, they've been on for an hour. And I'm like, hey, thank you very much. You've been, you've been terrific. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, so yeah, I didn't know what it was going to be but I'm proud to be 86 and we're definitely going to get to a hundred. And the, I've got one or two people lined up for that's those final two or three, um, two or three episodes in this century. And hopefully they come through because there are people who I am desperate to hear from as well. I think I might be able to do it. Okay. Well, since you're so desperate to have those specific people who I just want to know, I'm curious, like whose story either dead or alive, would you love to have, them come on your podcast and like open up and tell that story. Is there like, can be an athlete, mm. a coach, whoever, but like who would be uh, a dream guest that you would just want them to tell their story? Um, well, it's a good question actually. And another thing I, I meant to say this in the last, last bit. So the podcast initially was designed to be feet to feature guests from all different sports and walks of life. But very quickly, because of the nature of some of the guests that came on, it became a very football-specific one because that was what was really drawing people in. So that's disappointed me a little bit. But, you know, we roll with the times. We roll with the times. And we'll find a way to bring that back. But um, in terms of people I want to listen to, um, there are tons of players. I don't want to say too many players because maybe one or two of them will be coming on the show. But um, people who I respect that have been involved in the game, I really love, say, Arsene Wenger. Because when he came to England, football was in England was in a whole different place. And I'd argue that there's some of the way that he got the players and stuff to change in terms of how the game was viewed led to us being where we are now. Because say from 2004, when I first got into the, into the league, it wasn't as professional say, it is, as it is now. And Arsenal were one of those teams who were exceptionally professional and were doing things in a certain manner. And before you know it now, most teams are doing it in a manner which is probably linked to that sort of time. So I'd love to be get the chance to speak to him and to hear about what it was like for him trying to input his ideas at that stage in England, why he ended up being successful through that time in England. How did it feel to manage that group of players, to see styles changing, to be this, everyone's second team, 
to then as on the way out being somebody who's getting laughed out of the building. You know, there, there's so many highs and lows and you're somebody who's very, very articulate. Like I think there was a point where I was in Germany or something. I think it's Germany. I was in Germany for a game and he popped up on TV on a German channel and expects expect him to start speaking English and just start speaking German. I was like, this guy's got everything. Like, I think he maybe speaks Japanese as well. And that's the type of intellectual, iconic type manager and whatever who I'd love to sit down with and just break down and just figure out why they're as good as they are because he's somebody who I would have loved to play for. But obviously, you know, that, that ship sailed basically the moment I made my debut. But yeah, it's, it's one of those. What I'm curious, what does a career goal look like for you now? Because I'm assuming mm. as an athlete, it's very specific. Like, I want to get better at this specific thing mm. or I want to achieve this accomplishment. What, I mean, what does a career goal look like for you? So I know that at this moment in time, all my stock is, like, I'm valuable in terms of the football world and being a, we'll call it a pundit, but I like to call it a broadcaster. Like, that's your, you. That's where you're at. If you finish the game, that's where most people want to see you. But I do have other interests. Like, I'm big into my music and stuff like that. Maybe I'll be into other sports. I'm trying to figure out, like, do I want to be somebody who appears on TV screens for the rest of my life? And I'm like, maybe not. Am I somebody that wants to be involved in the sort of emotional drama and stuff of being involved in football every day for the rest of my life? I'm like, mm, maybe not. But for now, as has been the case in the last six months, I'm seeing things which are coming towards me and I'm making a decision. Do I want to do it? Yes or no. I try it out. Do I like it? Yes or no. And who's, who, who knows? Because, for example, being in um, working for BBC Five Live has led to me being on some BBC TV programs. I've done some BBC podcasts. I've been on a ton of BBC shows. So if you keep doing a good job, you never know what sort of avenue is going to come. And it's amazing as well how many... Um, like I, it was maybe a couple of months ago, I was interviewing Sergio Aguero at City for Premier League Productions. And the reason I was doing that was because somebody from Premier League Productions was listening to one of my podcasts. They said, it'd be good to do this. So opportunities, you know, am I going to be somebody who interviews players all the time? I don't know, but you know, I'm going to go and try it out and see how it is. And it was fun. It was incredible fun. Is it something I'll do long-term? Probably not, but you tried it. So I think I'm lucky enough to, in a position whereby I can try lots of different things and through trying lots of different things I think I eventually I'll find the thing which I want to do for five ten years or whatever but for now I'm happy to go with the flow and I'm just very very happy that the companies I'm currently working for they're very very firstly they're very very open to me being myself and secondly they're very creative and forward thinking so as a consequence like something will come but until it comes I'm more than happy to be doing what I'm doing solid yeah, it's a good answer. Eh? That was this good. Interview. This is like my uh, job, my job interview or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get you to like shake those PR answers, but you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> you can put uh, your book away. No, I tell you, listen. I, I wish these were PR answers, but these <laughs> these are all facts. These are literally all facts. Big we facts. can look at some of the and working in football, you can work for some companies and in some TV shows where they want you to be rah rah and be like really over the top, deliver like deep takes like dead and get angry all the time throw teams under the bus blah 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 i'm not working for a single company like that or for a single boss like that no they so just want exactly you caffeinated <laughs> that's just on the radio <laughs> but that's it that's what i mean I, i'm 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 happy this is this is like a sweet spot i'm proud of every every bit of work that i've done so far because the shows i think are good 
and the people I'm doing it for are good as well. And there's no design to be evil or to seek controversy anywhere in anything that I do. So as a consequence, like it's literally my sweet spot. Happy, happy medium. Yeah. Something like that. Well, so going forward, I mean, what kind of ambitions do you want to conquer? Like what kind of ambitions do you have? Cause I know when you were in the U S you learned how to play basketball. I yeah. think you had a really great teacher. Call me biased, <laughs> but I think she was fantastic. Um, that, you you learned yeah, basketball. Okay. okay, okay. Sky, you were good. You were good. Yeah. Obviously, it didn't last yeah. for as long as it needed to because it got to a point where the uh, the student was destroying the, the coach. You were just um, more fit being a professional athlete, I will say. I, I had a greater desire to win by any <laughs> means. Let's just say that. Let's just say oxygen, the need for oxygen far outweighed any want to win it's overrated Um, overrated. don't worry about that (laughs) but like i'm curious so like you did that when you were here in the u.s what like what ambitions do you have for yourself do you want to go learn a new sport do you want to find a new hobby that you haven't tried you want to travel somewhere like what what are your next ambitions that you want to take down so before so before um before lucy and i first had kids we used to travel a lot like with the time we've been to every continent except for south america and we've been to tons of places we love to see new cultures and all this stuff and with the kids you know it slowed it down a little bit and now that the kids are in school it's obviously going to slow down again but from when the pandemic is like over over yeah where you don't need to take a covid test to travel from country to country or quarantine and all this stuff you know the aim is to be going around and seeing things again okay when my just before i retired if things were clear, I was hoping this this last season to be going around to see my friend play in Holland, to see my friend play in Germany, be there for like 48 hours, experience this, experience that, see the world again. But that's not quite worked out. So I think travel is a big one. But then also, like, for me as a father, like, I'm seeing my kids grow. Like, my kids are changing every single, every single day. And to see, like, where they're going and where they're going to be at, like, I've... It, this might mean nothing to some people, but it might mean everything to some. Like I, I take my son to um, to football, football practice. He's only three. He's turning three and he's really good. I'm like, why is he really good? I didn't need this. I didn't need this at all. Like just, just be good at something else. And what's the craziest of all? He's left footed. I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what's happened here? I, ca- I cannot give you any examples of how to use that left side of yours, but um yeah, the, the whole kid situation, that's that's everything to me, you know. Like, my, my family more important than everything. So if I can travel with them, if I can do stuff with them and make up for, say, the lost time when I was training and traveling around all the time as a player, then that's great. I know for some people it's underwhelming, but honestly, I couldn't care less because that's what drives me. Like, I've been in Connecticut now for two weeks by myself, essentially, and it's been a, so much free time. One thing I've realized is that I like free time and sort of like sprinkles and not in buckets because ultimately like I have more fun when I'm doing stuff with them and then there's maybe an hour to go and do something or two hours to go and do something myself. That's more fun. So yeah, in terms of hobbies, like I've, I've mastered basketball because you've seen that yourself yeah. multiple times to me. You're, um, you're practically oh, LeBron at this point. Yeah, LeBron and Katie, somewhere between that. But um, <laughs> I'll tell you what I've started doing with my... Um, with my strength and conditioning coach from the last few years, John Webb. Uh, so before I turned professional, I used to do some track and field stuff. I used to be a sprinter. And instead of, say, retiring and solely doing uh, like five-a-side stuff, which I'm doing now, 
when I turn 35, I'm going to rejoin my old athletics club. I'm going to do some, some of that sort of like sprint training and stuff. So I've been getting ready for that time because I'm 35 in November. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm the old man who's going to be running around the track. And I'm looking forward to that because I really enjoyed it when I was a kid. Man, enjoying running. But it's running fast and not for very long now. What a life to enjoy yeah. running. Yeah, well, you know. And to be fair, I've, I'm pleased because like I've retired, not because I was like injured or anything. Like, I mean, I'm in good shape. I'm in good health and I'm moving fast. So it's fun. I play five sides and I do some track work with John. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, okay. So this is a special podcast episode, very similar to the previous time we did this. It's been about 10 months since we last turned the tables on you. Mm -hmm. In those 10 months, what, in your opinion, do you think is the coolest thing you've done or experienced since, since the last pod recording? Um, you're talking about just like in general life or work related stuff. I think whatever you think is the coolest thing that's happened, whether it be family, work, whatever. Um, from a, like, this is, this is the bit which I have to say, because it's very, very true. And it's the sense of perspective, like just surviving and everybody around me surviving is pretty key because it's been a very, it's been an interesting 10 months. That's the first thing, but I'm home now and I'm working and I'll never forget the feeling I felt when I was in Portugal for the Champions League final between City and Chelsea. And obviously the day didn't go well for City. But I was like, I'm at a Champions League final and Man City have brought me here to do work for them for this day, which I never saw happening. Because only, um, I think it's 23 years earlier, I was a ball boy and they were in the third division. But now here we are. And as well as being there, we're walking around through the fan zones and people are coming up, shaking my hand. Can we take a picture? Can we do this? Can we do that? And it felt really weird because when I was playing for the team, it's very different to the team that makes a Champions League final. But in the hearts of lots of the people who were there, who've been along for the journey, I still meant something to them in the same way that, say, some of their favourite players who were going to play in the Champions League final did as well. So that day itself, it was like the longest day in history. But, you know, that's when, like, I couldn't believe where I was and how things had been. So I'd say that day up until kickoff and then after kickoff, it was a complete shambles. So that's where I'm going to say, that's what I'm going to say. That day was special to get the chance to be there. was incredible. I mean, that's a day that most people only dream of getting to go and experience. And I mean, for you to get to work it. Yeah. And work is loose. It wasn't, wasn't really work. It was very, very loose. I was, yeah. I was just there. Yeah. You were just there happy, smiling on the sideline. Yeah, waiting to, for your moment. <laughs> yeah, so look up here. I'll I'll come down. Yeah, see if I can make any better. <laughs> As if <laughs> kick it and to me, kick that, it to me. <laughs> yeah, even on that day itself, this is how like um, this is this type of person that I am. So on that day, I flew in there for City, and then I did two things for BBC Five Live, and then I did something for Sky, and then I did the City Show. So even then I ended up doing five programs, essentially. I think five, it's like four or five programs on that day. Subtle break. still had the experience. Well, you know. Busy, busy. It's okay. Booked and busy, yeah. That's, that's what people like to say. But it was, yeah, it was, it was a very, very long day. But, you know, obviously the result was whatever it was, but it was still very, very humble to be there because I'd never even, I'd never been to a Champions League final before. And now here I was, firstly being paid to do so. And secondly, watching my team be there to take part in it, which was incredible. 
I mean, it may not have been the journey you expected to get to a Champions League final, no. but <laughs> no. I mean, you made it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it, I always dreamed of making it to Champions League final. All I had to do was retire and then I made it there. Yeah. <laughs> you just had to stop playing football altogether. Yeah, I had to stop playing football to get to a League Cup final, FA Cup final and Champions League final. That's all I had but to do. But you did it all in it one day. year. I mean, how many athletes can be like, I did all of that. Boom. I was in the space of two months. Yeah. In the space of two months. Look it at was, you. It was incredible, yeah. Look, yeah. look hum, another humble brag. Look, I did all three in two months. Like, yeah. step up your game. Well, that's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> you work for the right companies and do the right sort of job, then anything's possible. Anything is possible. You heard exactly. it here first, people. Exactly, yeah. Trademark that. You should put it on a t-shirt. Impossible is nothing in like, just do it, or one of those two. I'll trademark <laughs> that, and that'll be all mine. Well, ladies and gentlemen... I hope you enjoyed this special episode of Kick Back with Natum. It's been an absolute pleasure getting the band back together. Producer Ryan, Natum, <laughs> thanks for having me back. You were very good, Sky. Again, yet again, you were very, very good. Thanks. I do what I can. Hopefully, I improved Natum in your opinion, but you know. No, no, you, 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 you were very, very good. You were very, very good. And you somehow managed to get me to talk about myself for an hour. So, yeah, thank you. I, I can I can get anyone to talk about themselves because it keeps the conversation off me. <laughs> a key deflector, I have a that. lifetime of practice, my friend. I know your type. I know your type. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for letting me take over your podcast for the second time. Listeners, if you want to check out all things Kickback, be sure to follow at Kickback underscore Natum on Instagram and Twitter. Again, you can find all of the episodes of Kickback with Natum everywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you're subscribed to not miss any of the great and talented, talented professionals that appear on this podcast and nowhere else. You'll mm -hmm. never see them ever unless no, you're subscribed to Kickback with Natum. That's a fact. I mean, this podcast right here. That's a fact. So I hope we plugged yeah. Kickback with Natum enough. If it's not resonating in your brains yet. One more time, kick back with Natum. <laughs> no, that, that's great. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. And everybody, like, as I say, I've had a little hiatus, but we will be back. And I've got some very, very interesting guests ahead. So make sure you're ready for those. Stay subscribed. Stay tuned. He's busy, people. He's busy. <laughs> thank you, Sky. Thanks, Natum. <laughs> <laughs>